welcome to the 1L2N podcast. I am your host, Amy, and we're joined by some surprise contestants today. Missy? Hi, my name is Missy, and I'm glad to be on the show. Mike? I have no idea where I am. Tommy? I like bagels! And our surprisedest of guests, Liam? Yeah, I'm here, I guess. We are a family of creatives going through the story writing process, and we're bringing you along for the ride. And oh, what is that? I hear it's time for some lightning questions. That's right. Surprise quiz. Let's get going, everyone. Now, I know that here at 1L2N, we are a wealth of factual knowledge, but I actually did some very intense research for this quiz. So hopefully you enjoy. It is a multi-choice answer quiz. There are eight questions, and whoever gets the most right will get to be the last word of the day. No dice today because I'm sick of the dice screwing me over. So let's do this. They'll be back next week, so it's fine. Anyways, question number... Oh, Wait, sorry. Go ahead, Miss. Question. I have a question for the questioner. Oh, um, gosh, yeah. In what way are we supposed to respond? Do we raise our hands? Do we make a noise? Do we just blurt out the answer? No, everyone's going to give me your answer so multiple people can get the same answer. And then once everyone gives me the answers, I will tell you what the answer is and actually give you a little bit of the history because I did some research. Wait, do we so need you're to getting the tally? History. Do we need put to make sure we have the right amount of points? I got it. Oh, she's already. Oh, prepared. she's. I'm already she's on. definitely going to break this system. How am I going to break this system? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Just like how she breaks the, paper. the dice. Exactly. Yeah. Would you like a group document or something that we could all share and look at? No, it's that fine. Anyone you can, can break, break on at any own. point. So everyone can pull on out their own notebook. <laughs> all right. That's too much and work. We'll all I'll compare just let scores it. at the end. <laughs> Okay, question number one for all of our lovely contestants out there. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, what is the oldest surviving film in existence? Is it A, Round Hay Garden Scene, B, Aubrey Lake Promenade, or C, Liston Rails' newest engine? A, Liston Rails. C. Garden. I was, I was also going to go C, Liston Rails. Liston Rails. Missy, what did you do? C. The correct answer is A, round hay garden scene. I made what up the other that? two, and I thought they sounded great. I, so, I kind of remember it. something about a film being in a garden, uh, which, was, which was really, really old. But I thought it was plants, not a garden. So it just sounded the most correct to me. But I did bullshit so, my way through it. I will say, and this is the only only question I have bonus points for, bonus points if anybody can get close to how long the film was. How long? The length of film? The or length like of film. Old? Okay. How, um, no, no, no. How, the length of the film. How The person long? who gets it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the person who gets it the closest, I'll give the bonus point to. I am going to guess 53 seconds. I was, I was going to go nine minutes. Mm, Stop Googling like, it, Liam. I'm not Googling it. I know the oldest film I ever thought was like a train. At least that's what that's I was what told. I I've, <laughs> I've been told it was a train that went on for like five seconds. So I'm going to guess maybe like four seconds, three seconds. Because if it's even older than that, then it's probably less. I'm going to guess 23 seconds. Yeah, I think I way overdid it. It was 2.2 seconds. So, Liam, you get a bonus Nine point. Nine minutes. Let's go. Taking it home. Point for Tommy. <laughs> Technically, now, we were I, 
Is this price of right rules where we all over? Do we need to rebid? This is price of Amy rules. So I did rig it just a tiny bit. Price, <laughs> price of I said right, the closest. I said, by the way. Everyone went no, over and then right. it's whoever's the closest in this case. I will say this is the oldest film in existence. This is not the oldest yeah. film because there is actually a great yeah. debate about the oldest film and I didn't want to get it wrong. So I said, we're scratch that. We're going with a different question. The oldest film that has survived. That's yes, why I guessed it. nine minutes because like maybe it's going to be a little, <laughs> a little bigger than that. <laughs> Have y'all ever seen that clip of the guy who is holding a like really, really rare ancient recording and it's an audio recording. It's on a, you know, a very old vinyl style and he is super nervous being interviewed on TV and he just like is shaking and then he just crumbles it in his hands by accident because of his nervousness. And he, you could just see the sweat on his face pouring. I felt so bad oh, for no. that guy. Oh my I know it's a funny and extremely sad thing to happen all at once. But I feel like it was, you know, related because it was probably just as old as that film. Oh, yeah, probably. Now, I will say I did make all of these questions related to movies, video games, books, storytelling in general. Stories. Yeah. So because uh, I was trying to try and go along with the theme. All right. Question number two. What was the first ever video uploaded on YouTube called? A. Welcome to YouTube. B. Look what I did. Or C, me at the zoo. C. It's C. Yeah. Okay, 100%. I'll go with C. <laughs> I'm going to go with B. Tommy <laughs> yeah. is an idiot. Feeling confident. Yeah. <laughs> it was, in fact, C, me at the yes. zoo. It was an 18-second video talking about trunks of elephants, and it was uploaded by one of the founders. I've now, I it. believe the, the founder or the, the, the original uploader of that video recently did something in protest of YouTube disabling the dislikes on their channel and he did something with his video. That's why I know that one. So, yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. I was also going to say my fun fact about the first question around Hey Garden scene. It was a bunch of people or a group of people walking around in circles in the garden. That's what the, the film was actually about. Forgot to give him a little fun fact for that. Sorry. Alrighty, question three. What book besides the Bible has been translated the most into different languages? Is it A, The Little Prince, B, The Communist Manifesto, or C, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? That's a hard one. Yeah. My gut is telling me one thing, but my mind is telling me another. I, me too. And my heart is telling me a third thing. I mean, so. going for a communist manifesto, I'm going to want to break the ice. <laughs> yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, B. that's what my gut is telling me. That yeah. Exactly. That but is what my, my gut mind is, is like. My mind is saying it's the little prince. I am going to go see Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. It's, it's most likely wrong. I'm going to go A. I'm going to go A because Tommy's not getting a single question right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I was going for, but you were supposed to know. The yeah, I know he's is trying to get it all wrong. The Little Prince. Yeah. Good job, guys. <sighs> so all three of them are on the most translated lists or most translated translated books. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone only has about 8 million. Or sorry, not 8 million. 8 million languages. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> 80 different languages. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, has only about 80 different languages. I believe the Communist Manifesto has about 100 and something, close to 200. 
But the Little Prince has 300 languages that it's been translated into. And the funny thing about the Bible, the Bible has between 700 and 3,400, depending upon what part you're reading, translated. So that's why I was like, I'm not going to ask the Bible. That's crazy. Everyone we'll already knows that's the answer. Yeah. But the, the Little Prince, it was in fact it. So good job, guys. Is Missy, you guessed the Little Prince as well, right? Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. What is the longest running TV show? Is it A, General Hospital, B, Coronation Street, which is a soap opera from England, Britain, whatever, or C, Meet the Press? I feel like I'm on a really good B streak right now, as you can tell. <laughs> I so feel like it's going like to hit that B. B. But Meet the Press sounds like something that's been around for a while. It's the one I don't know. I know Meet the Press, but I'm hesitant about going in that direction because... The constant like news cycle has been a more recent phenomenon, whereas soap operas has been around for a long time. I'm going with A, General Hospital. I will also go with A, General Hospital. And what are you going with, Liam? I want to go for B, but I can't do the same thing as Tommy, so I'm going to go for C. All right, <laughs> no, I'll go for A. You're all wrong. It was C, Meet the Press. Bruh. Okay, General- when did Meet the Press happen? 19 something it's been on for 72 years <laughs> with two years prior being on the radio i cool. believe it was 19 1945 does general hospital have the most episodes of any television show oh uh, i did not look that up but it's, i should have i think that's so, maybe um, why maybe but it's running yeah. soap opera in the u.s the these two are on there on the 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 list of longest running tv shows mm-hmm. General Hospital, I think, only has about 60 years, and Coronation Street has like 65 years or something hmm. like that. So they've still been on for a very long time. I remember Never watching heard of General Hospital as a young child with my grandmother. There you go. I don't remember that at all. I forgot that it was still on. And these are, these are all still on as well. Some of the others on the list were not on anymore, so I didn't include mm. those. Man, if you had asked, I, I would have sworn up and down that Meet the Press was radio for a much longer time and only like a few decades ago became TV. I had no clue. Surprise. Surprise. Number five. In what city was the first known recording studio established? A, Los Angeles, B, New York, or C, Chicago? And it was, in fact, in the U.S. Oh. That makes sense. The U.S. is one of the pioneers. Define recording stuff. studio. Like a like a recording studio, but like for making music, for making film, or... for for well for music. I mean, it's okay. it's a recording studio. That's what a recording studio is. I'm gonna go lay down some beats at the recording studio. You know what I mean? Like that kind of recording studio. I'm gonna go. With I'm gonna go with see Chicago, L.A. Because I think it's the most wrong. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely. You're not, not gonna the try. One. No, Tommy never tries with these things. He always tries to get them all wrong. Should know okay. this. He only will get right. accidental it's, points. Exactly. Um, I'm really stupid when it comes to trivia. So in order to make myself feel smart, I always <laughs> guess the wrong answer. It's got me. It's Mike is off in the corner not, cheating. It's definitely not LA. Yeah. Oh no. One hundred percent not LA. Yeah. My brain is Are telling sure? me. My brain is telling me Chicago, but. Let's be honest, this is New York. New York like pioneered half of the world. So I know, that's why York. it's yeah. really hard. But like, I know music was... A really big thing in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm thinking New York. I don't know. Should go go. I'll go. With All right, Mike. What did the internet say? Oh yeah, <laughs> the the internet said it was a Los Angeles. Now the only reason why I'm assuming that is because of movies, and I'm assuming a recording studio did not come along until they tried to do early radio or talkies, but it could be Chicago or New York. I don't know. I would have thought London personally, but that's not on there. I'm gonna go A. Oh, oh no. New York. A is very wrong, but I will go A. You've been keeping all of our, all of our stuff down, Chicago, right? So. I mean, you've been keeping all of our answers. Well, I've been keeping all of your, uh, not your answers, but your if you got the them right points. or not. Uh, oh my God, it's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> I've been keeping my own points. So. I've been keeping points as Tommy, well. Tommy, <laughs> so, so Tommy, you're saying A? Oh no. Yeah. You're wrong. It is, in fact, New York. Let's it go. was known as the New York Phonograph Company, and it started mm. in 1889, which I just thought was cool. So yeah, there's it. Jeez. Now this one is probably going to be the toughest question that we have, so Definitely. I apologize in advance. Yeah, bring it on. I'm ready. <clears throat> what is the highest grossing video game of all time? A, Tetris, B, Grand Theft Auto V, or C, Minecraft? I gotta go. It's, okay. I gotta go. Tetris. Tetris. I know I for a it. fact is the most sold game of all time. Yes, it has the most copies. But mm-hmm. if I'm, it has to be GTA. Yeah. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, GTA. I I think GTA Five is the highest grossing intellectual property of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's it, it not just the number of copies sold. It's also all the in-game yeah. purchases. Yep. What was exactly. C again? Yeah. Minecraft? Minecraft. It's Minecraft. It's, definitely, yeah. it's not Minecraft. Yeah. No. Minecraft has. A I think we're all. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, maybe. No, Tommy's going Tetris. Tetris. Maybe Minecraft with all the peripherals and the books and stuff, maybe, but I don't know if you. Minecraft. But it's video game, I not. not it's, uh, the question is what is the highest grossing video game of all time? Do we, all right. Minecraft. All right. Here's, here's, here's the okay. question Are we talking about video game sales or post game sales? Because that could be the total difference. Like, I just Googled what is the highest grossing video game of all time. So unfortunately, this question <laughs> okay. might be a little I'm going to guess off. GTA off. B. For yeah. me, I'm thinking in-game purchases. Yeah, this is... It's got to be. Yeah, this is what I thought. Not okay. copies. So. Tommy yeah, is cheating. I feel like you Minecraft can see the is. reflection in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And I voted Tetris still because I knew it was wrong. Yeah. The like answer I think is, is C, Minecraft. Yep. Oh. Yeah. That. I thought you guys were all gonna. I put this is the easiest question. I put this in here because we've all had a discussion about how Minecraft is the highest grossing video game of all time. So for, I was like, oh, this is for be purchases. For purchases, yes, but because it, I don't know why you're arguing with me. And that's what the facts say. So it says it's Minecraft. Choice Minecraft. GTA has make your own quiz next time. Well, yeah, if you rigged. look. All right, I will make the next quiz. And guess what, bitches? You better study up on that periodic table elements. Mm, I was trying to relate it to the podcast, at least. (laughs) Oh, I can tell a story. I I, I feel like Minecraft's catching up to GTA, but there's GTA has had to make way more money. I mean, billions more. GTA made like two or three billion within the first week that it came out. And that was before online. That was just single player. And it, since online, I know it's made billions and billions of more. I mean, back in like 2018, it yeah, made a billion or two. Uh, just, I will say that if, if you're looking at the, the Wikipedia entry list of best-selling video games, Minecraft's number one, GTA's number two. But GTA has 165 million units. Minecraft is 238 million. 
But you also have to consider the entry cost for each of those, whereas GTA sold a lot of those at the $50 price point or $60 price point, whereas Minecraft sold most of theirs at the 20 And then mm-hmm. in-game purchases, I would also assume that GTA, oh, yeah, GTA if you add, yeah, if you add that, that's what I consider highest grossing video games personally. Yeah. It's because it, it's, it's about fair. the life of it. But I could see, you know, if you're talking about sales, this is best selling video games is the list, not mm-hmm. the highest grossing, which grossing, I guess is totally. Yeah. Different. But so. does does All Rockstar right, release their numbers in for... my quiz? I apologize. I didn't do enough research. Apologies. Does Rockstar release their numbers for how many like in-game transactions they've made? They don't. Also, yeah, Pokemon. Sorry, that was the highest grossing IP franchise or media franchise is definitely yeah. Pokemon according yeah. to Wikipedia again but it's not one singular yeah audience I would like to apologize for the <laughs> inaccurate information I'm giving you I'm not apologizing to my siblings because screw them but I apologize to you listening that I gave you a gross misinterpretation of the data that I provided myself so from the bottom of my heart please tell me on Twitter right. how wrong I am thank here you here we go Minecraft <laughs> According to Wikipedia, seven point or sorry, yeah, seven point four six billion in gross. GTA five, ten point nine. Okay. Or actually that's GTA series. It doesn't break it down by five. I don't know. I get uh, up. then it doesn't count. It's probably Minecraft of if what, my list, those games. I don't know. My list tells me GTA five as of twenty seventeen was six billion and Minecraft as of twenty seventeen was four billion. But that's Five yes, but my I was gonna say Minecraft popularity in the last five years it keep yeah. it like spikes every year. It's but like, also, oh yeah. oh, wait, there's more. my list says as of 2019, PUBG was 11 billion. But so, they also went free to play, and then it's in-game purchases, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, a difficult one. Who knows? Yeah, I, mean, it, I guess it just depends because on the numbers. What approach you are asking? Yeah, here. yeah. Ah, man, that that's this is a more interesting like. A question that I was expecting it to be because there's so many variables. But I think the the most important takeaway from this is that Tommy was wrong. So. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is no alternative to that ever. He's always wrong. So who guessed what? Nobody guessed. I guess Minecraft. Guess Minecraft. I think. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Oh no, you okay. didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> you guess your eyes it. betray you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all got that. That's the guilty face. <laughs> Okay, moving on to question seven then. The Diamond Sutra is the oldest surviving dated and printed book that resides in the British Museum. When was it written? A, 1264 BC, B, 868 AD, or C, 1362 AD? Said in the British Museum? Yeah, it's Um, in the British Museum. Printed and dated. Printed and dated. Where is the uh, origin of this? India. I would assume, yeah, but I, I believe so. I don't. You don't even know. Okay. Can um, you repeat the entire thing again? It's got to be yes. India, or no? It's the Diamond Sutra is the oldest surviving dated and printed book that resides in the British Museum. When was it written? A. Twelve sixty four BC. B, 868 A.D., or C, 1362 A.D.? Okay. Oh, 1362 A.D. I've got reasonings, but I'm going to let everybody else go. There's India (laughs) didn't really start 
keeping track of documents and dates until somewhere around the year 1000 AD. So if it is from India, then it's definitely not the BC. It would have to more likely be the 1200 one. But if it's the British Museum, I feel like they would have stuff older than that because they have crazy things from around the whole world. And India has some of the oldest texts in the world. But so, it's, I don't know. It, I the just, stipulations are I, written and dated, right? Can I just say, I really like how it, like intricate you're thinking into this question. It's making my little heart ha- so happy. Because this is the <laughs> question I had the most struggle with. I'll tell you why in a second. But continue, go. This is a whack question. I, I like how oh, also we're just like, this is about this culture we, we really don't know anything about. And we're just like yeah. making massive assumptions, which is what I'm about to do. I'm going to say C specifically because you said printed. Oh, you but shouldn't have. Print you even... shouldn't have said that till we all guessed, Mike. Don't care. The print. Wasn't Anybody even... can guess. Don't care to anything. Mess. at that point. That was the print was made after that. It was, but the Gutenberg press was made after that. But it doesn't mean that, that there wasn't true. anything else printed. And then I'm assuming that by Amy saying A D. NBC, it was printed with those on there and not like just a year and then Amy converted it afterwards. So BC is out of the question because you yeah. don't put down BC a thousand years, you know, BC. Yeah. Like, yes. It just yeah. doesn't work. So it's one of the two. It's either the, the 800 or 1300 is what I'm assuming. And then I'm assuming if it's printed, it's probably a little bit later. It's a surviving book. So that is my overall guess. And that is my reasoning behind it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't work if it was in the 800s. I'm going to go with the 800s just for the hell of it. I'm going to go with Mike with the 1200s. That makes a lot of sense. It really does. I mean, I've seen plenty of movies. And I know back then, people were very sophisticated. (laughs) Definitely BC. (laughs) So are you choosing two answers there? I hate you. (laughs) A. (laughs) <laughs> it was written please no in 868 AD ooh there you go was Missy, that when good it job. was printed that's when it was dated so, so dated that's when and they... printed so it was written yeah. then was so it, it could have been written uh, well uh. okay so it was <laughs> <laughs> it was a Buddhist religious text okay. that was written by just a guy and he like even thanks his parents for helping him write it. So it wasn't like a widely printed item. He just happened to like write it himself. The fun fact about this is that it was not found until 1907. It was sealed away in like a tomb for like a thousand years. And so that's why it was able (laughs) to be kept preserved for so long (laughs) and why they still have it to to today. So by printed, does that mean like, and printed, and printed, or does that mean using a printing? No, apparently he did do like actual, like the like little the blocks. Little blocks. Or yeah, uh, like the old instead of using or something like a machine, it, it was more like the stamp style. I believe so. Yes. Okay. It's there's definitely a little fuzziness going on with it, but being being printed was the key factor there because there there was like trials of Gilgamesh or something like that was, is considered one of the oldest books. And that was, that was written, but it was on stone tablets. It wasn't Mm -hmm. printed. So that was, and that was around 
1200 BC, which is why I threw that one in there. And then I was like, I need to answer C, so I'll just write 1362 AD. Sure. I, I love finding stupid stuff like this to to think about because I was like, well, when was like the oldest press? And if you look, uh, Wikipedia has an entry for the history of Western typography. And uh, one of them was like Romans had a press in 1 AD is called a screw press. And, you know, you never hear about that. All, you always hear about the Gutenberg press as the first printing machine. Mm-hmm. But it obviously wasn't. There was things before it. It was just probably the most technologically it it available. It just yeah. made it easy and accessible. Yeah. The Wright brothers for flying. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christopher Columbus discovering America. It's just it's he one of those did? things. Yeah. Yeah, yes, he did, according to textbooks. There were no yeah. other people living here at that time. Yep. There was no other explorers that came before him from Europe either. Like he yeah. he was it. He but, was the one. Or, you know, like, the Vikings didn't the Vikings land up in never the landed. north or anything. Yeah. That's crazy. Magellan never existed. Yeah. No, but the thing is he didn't yeah, okay, he didn't discover it first, but he discovered it. He was the first to copyright his discovery. Using there you go. Nailed it. Yeah, I just I love finding out how wrong I, my history books were by just history starting books to, to so think wrong. about this dumb it's... stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. All right, and my super fun, uplifting last question. Oh boy, what movie had the most on-screen deaths? Was it A. Lord of the Rings, specifically The Return of the King? B. Troy or C. Kingdom of Heaven. And I will say all of these were on the list of the top movies that had on-screen deaths. I've never heard of Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, it was God. written by Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott? I've R- heard, Ridley Scott? I've heard about Ripley, believe it or not, a Scott? lot of it. it was, it's about the Crusades, and I've Gosh, heard that there was a lot Ripley, of... Ripley, believe it or Scott. Missed opportunity. I've, I've heard <laughs> it's a movie that you want to watch the director's cut for, which is like three and a half hours i've not seen it that's a lot of time on screen deaths huh mm-hmm. what are we talking about death does an orc count as death amy i'm assuming yeah, anytime something is killed it's uh, an on-screen death oh gosh this is the scariest question for me to answer yet because <laughs> you don't uh, know which one could be wrong yeah <laughs> i'm i think i know it but I'm Stop not googling. Say. I'm not even googling. I'm pretty sure I knew it because of I watched a video a long time ago about this exact topic. I'm gonna go with Lord of the Rings. I am going to go with Troy because I remember oh. watching it a long time ago, and there was a lot of fighting in it. But I don't remember anything fighting. about it. It is my epic movie of epicness on our our well our epic movie of epicness on our epic movie list. Yes, I picked. I said Troy, and I'm gonna stick with Troy. I'm not changing it. I am 100 percent positive it's Lord movies. of the Rings: Return of the King. Final answers? Yeah. No, I'm switching it to see. <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> Why not? Sure. Nobody else answered it. Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh, that was a scary moment. There were only like 50,000 Greeks that came over. And I feel like you don't even see them all die. Like, because they decide to peace out and leave as part of the plot. Well, technically, you don't see all the orcs and stuff die. Ghosts just walk through them and they disappear. You do see lots of like 
mass, you know, hundreds of them dying in one foul swoop kind of situations, whereas you don't get that in Troy. Uh, I'm going to technically go with like day after tomorrow. Well, Independence Day. Um, I think what counts Infinity is War. Like y'all are stupid. This is on screen yeah. deaths. Yeah. I okay. I will screen, say there's. Yeah. A, I'm gonna have a bonus uh, question. Universe. I will say <laughs> they. There is an argument people have made that Guardians of the Galaxy has the most on screen deaths because of like them killing people at the end or some. I die can't really remember but oh. you don't actually see them being like individually killed yeah. so people like don't really count it they mm-hmm. they say what do they say hold on mass deaths uh, don't count it's, it's like eighty three thousand deaths on screen i was like no you can't count a mass death that's the same reason why uh, i gave this quiz to mom and she's like but what about Endgame?" and i was like no it doesn't count doesn't count it'll be like a movie yeah. where you see a nuclear bomb go off yeah millions of people may have just died but you don't see yeah. each million person. Of, yes. Like, if, dying, if you watch, so. don't look up. Everybody dies. Yeah. yeah. And Everyone dies. You, yeah. Know, yeah, you can't. So, count. Spoiler. The <laughs> yeah. bonus Thanks. question. Thank you for that. That's still worth watching. Getting it's it, stupid. But bonus. Getting go. it as close as you can. How many deaths do you believe were seen in Lord of the Rings Return? Of the oh, I knew this. Okay. All I right. will that say Lord of the Rings, the two towers. The Lord of the Rings. The Two Towers was also on this list, but I was like, I can't put two Lord of the Rings because then they'll know it's probably one of them. Or I was like, I don't know. Never mind. I'll just do the other ones. I'm Ridley, not Rid- Rid- Ridley. 82,997. I know for a fact that it is less than a thousand because on screen deaths are only tallied by individuals. So you have to see them die. So mass deaths don't count. I know it's less than a thousand, but I don't know how much. Well, I guess mine. I mean, you're helping us. What was yours, Liam? Or I don't know. A thousand six hundred and forty-two. Mike was like eighty-six thousand or something. No, no, no. I was eighty-two thousand nine hundred ninety-seven because it's less than the Guardians of the Galaxy eighty-three (laughs) thousand. Oh, (laughs) maybe is it's somewhere? It's really, really close to a thousand. Maybe it's a bit higher. I'm gonna go with six hundred and sixty-six deaths. Ooh. But this is spicy. But why didn't they use the eagles all along, guys? They could just. <laughs> I know. Why didn't they just do an have eagle? You seen, the have you seen the interview? Have you seen the interview where he was asked why didn't they use the eagles? No. no. You guys gotta watch that. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like a minute Tom- long. I think it's like I'm gonna say three. Tommy, what'd you guess? A thousand six hundred and forty-two. Nine hundred. Should I give an? Now I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Nine hundred and two. Before I Liam's know. thing, I would have said twenty one thousand. I know that's ridiculous, but that's my guess. It's, yeah, mine was gonna like, be like closer to ten. So, but Liam has changed my mind. <laughs> it's like nine hundred two, something like that. It's close, but not there. Not quite close to a thousand. Liam gets the other bonus point. It's mm-hmm. eight hundred and thirty six deaths. Mother oh my goodness! Does that Which mean also Liam means Liam gets to have the last <laughs> word of the day. Wait, I, was, I, I was really hoping for this. I really was. And I'm so happy it happened. Yeah. Amy. It's been rigged. I gave that. No, I Bye. gave that bonus question specifically because Missy has four points. Liam had five points. Mike had two points. And Tommy mm-hmm. had no points. So I was like, well, if Missy gets this bonus question, then 
they'll both have to do it so it's fine and then liam's like actually here's like basically the answer i'm like you son of a gun literally good job liam so we just spent 40 minutes trying to come up with another <laughs> way of doing the <laughs> dice roll that takes was, 10 seconds. Yep. It was the slowest <laughs> dice roll. Yeah. And the it still landed on Liam. <laughs> I just also thought it would be fun. It was fun. I loved it. It's too easy. It's very good. We all got to participate in the dice roll. That's what this was. <laughs> so this going with bullshit. Liam's idea. You know what's also bullshit? What? Oh, we want Kenobi. Hey. Hold on. I got it. I got it. I got, I got this. Okay. J- just to really quick speak to Liam's, you know, talking about like logical plot holes. I did hear this one really crazy story about Michael Bay for Armageddon where Ben Affleck goes up to Michael Bay and he's like, you know, I I get the whole thing that we're doing this movie, but wouldn't it make a lot more sense just to train astronauts how to be drillers than to train drillers how to be astronauts? Like that's the much more complicated part is being the astronaut and they already know it. And then Michael Bay just told him to shut up and walk. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like sometimes those, those logical flaws can really bring you out of something that you're trying to experience in grand (laughs) glory. Like Obi Wan Kenobi. There it is. I feel like my transition was better, but like, yeah. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we could do both. Uh, you should just leave them both. I think in. we should do both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> leave them both. I like Amy's because she had emotion in her. <laughs> I, I will say, real quick, if you guys here listening, audience members or here participating if you like quizzes like this let me know i can always do them again if you have a quiz that is verified more than this <laughs> being accurate let me know and i can do that one but hopefully you enjoyed yourself i just want to do something a little different so yeah it was fun but yeah it was good. good good all right let's talk about the bullshit that is obi-wan kenobi <laughs> we've all seen it i know we said we weren't going to talk about star wars anymore but we had to because but then a star wars show came out so Listen, I've never audibly the- laughed more at parts that shouldn't have been laughed at yeah. in a TV show than Obi-Wan. It was there were so many like parts that I was watching. And we all know Tommy's an avid Star Wars hater. Okay. Look, I'm all about love and peace, except when it comes to Star Wars. Okay? Because it's just war. So you gotta hate it. And <laughs> oh my goodness. It was so bad. It was so bad. There were so many parts I disliked and I laughed at. I laughed at a lot of the parkour scenes. I laughed at a lot of the chase scenes. <laughs> yeah. I laughed at a lot of the basic logic of all these characters. Or lack thereof. Yep. <laughs> I'm being I, a little too negative. I, I don't. Sorry. I guess the problem that is, is I don't know what or who this show was written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a really good Dizzy point. Dizzy doesn't know either. <laughs> they they really think don't. they do, but they actually don't. I feel like here's the goal Disney had with this. Show a red lightsaber, show a blue lightsaber, show Qui-Gon Jinn, and then say hello there. And those four things happened. Now, you you got an Obi-Wan show. I think that you also need to say we also wanted to show something young and cute because that is a staple. So here's my my overall problem with Obi-Wan is not what it was. It's not the story or anything. It was actually the execution 
And I'm going to try and give it the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt because I don't know how the actual production went down, how many writers there were, uh, what limitations they had, because I know they started filming and, and producing a lot of this during COVID. But it felt very disjointed when I was watching it from a pacing standpoint. The action sequences were laughably bad. I Just like Tommy said, when Leia is getting chased, it, not just one episode, but two episodes she ducks under a small object that adult could very easily duck under and they like there's a branch and she just runs under it and adults are like oh a branch i I gotta walk around everything and and it's just it the execution of it makes me go why didn't you just go under it it doesn't make sense in terms of action now that could have been because it is a second unit director and not the main director it could have been they were getting used to the new soundstage that they're using for the star wars productions using unreal engine as their backdrop but i i don't understand how such a big budget production could make me feel like it was such a cheap endeavor. It has all the right ingredients to make a wonderful show, but those ingredients were cooked at the wrong times. So it was like... (laughs) It's That's a good way to put it. It really upset me. And like, I, <laughs> I joke about hating Star Wars, but I'm always like, okay, maybe this show is going to be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I always watch it. So I guess who's the loser? I, I will say that the performances for the most part were fine. I like yeah. Ewan McGregor and he was by far the best Everyone part. I, when he was on screen, I was like, yeah, he's great. That was the reason why I watched it is because I wanted to see Ewan McGregor and I wanted to see him interact with Christian Haydenson, which didn't really happen. Except for the one fight where they de-aged everybody, but not Christian Haydenson. So it doesn't (laughs) make, or Hayden Christensen. Yeah, oh, It doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. I said it out loud. I was like, wait a minute, that's not Yeah, I said it wrong, I think. I said Christian Haydenson because I'm, The whole thing felt like somebody (laughs) came up with an idea and then they're like, if we don't capitalize on this right now, we're going to lose millions. And they rushed the entire thing through production like nobody really looked over the story to say does this work everybody just shoved everything through as fast as they could and then spit it out onto disney plus and it showed (laughs) yeah that's what upsets me there's so many in my opinion wonderful little moments in this show Mm -hmm. that are immediately followed up with a terrible moment and since the way our brains work we immediately remember that terrible moment rather than the good moment I think one of my favorite just little things, it was so little, but it felt so good was seeing that was seeing the clone, like the clone there begging for money. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like after watching Clone Wars and everything, I don't think it was Rex. No, it's 100% Um, not Rex. It it doesn't. Yeah, it didn't. Rex obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They had a lot of really good details like that. Yes. So many good little details. And I loved seeing another stupid moment right after this but Darth Vader like force holding one of the ships taking off I was like oh okay that's awesome yeah and then the ship right behind it takes off and you're like well it's right there use your force powers again like that was so cool the first time he was so drained you know it's just really straining also how how did you not see there was another ship there (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so many good little moments they're always followed up with something bad I think my biggest qualm, I don't know if that's the right word, correct, with the show is, and I hate when shows do this, when you have a little kid who's like in charge, because you're a small child. I don't care if you're a princess or not. 
you don't know anything. This is the first time you've been off world. And everyone's like, well, I trust Leia. I trust her. She's, you know, just let her do her thing. She knows what she's talking about. It's like, she's a child. And you're just like, well, you've got some good points. So I should listen to you instead of all of my years of knowledge traversing throughout the galaxy. Like, it, I, I just, sure, she might have had some good points. But especially Disney loves to do those kind of characters. Mm -hmm. And in Star Wars, specifically, they love to do those kind of characters where they have a small child who's like, I'm in charge now. Listen to me. And everyone's like, yeah, that's totally fine. Sure. Yeah. They'll have like an episode or two where you're like, oh, you're kind of annoying. But really, you helped me figure it out that true love is all I really need. So clearly I have to listen to you now. And it's like, (laughs) shut up. Stop it. I hate that so much. Looking at you, Bad Batch. I have two points to that. The first is, and it goes back to who was the show written for? If it was written to get new audience members, especially like young girls interested in Leia and who she is, that's fine. But then why are you using something that is so connected to the prequels and the original trilogy and, you know, the Obi-Wan Anakin slash Vader like aesthetic? It seems a weird way to try and introduce people into the universe. Two, I don't hate Leia. In fact, when I first saw her on screen, I was like, oh, that's cool. They're going to show what, you know, Luke and Leia is doing. Yeah. And the more they had her on screen, I realized, uh uh-oh, she is a main character. And I Mm -hmm. didn't want a show about kids. I wanted a show about Obi-Wan and his struggle with what happened with his brother. And instead, it turned into a, well, I have to learn how to mentor again. And... Mm-hmm. Even then, he never mentored. He was the mentee. <laughs> was the word? Yeah. It wasn't him trying to cope with PTSD. It was him going through therapy and about the therapist. Like, yeah, that's what I'm. Who happened saying. to be a ten-year-old child? Yeah. That first episode was like, all right, it's starting off like a little slow, but. These are mm-hmm. elements of a good show, and I, yeah. I could see exactly where they're going to take this. This is going to be fun. And then they don't. And it like makes me so upset because I'm just like, you had it. You had all the right things right there. Ugh. Actually, my biggest qualm with this show, because I forgot, I love costume design in <laughs> oh, TV yeah. shows. I love them so much. But this annoyed me to no end. The Grand Inquisitor... everybody has like perfectly fitted uniforms all like molded to their body but he came out in old grandpa pants that were so baggy (laughs) and so unfit it's like they were like oh sorry grand inquisitor we actually i know you're about to go do your thing but we were doing the wash and we only have a size up and he's like yeah that's fine i'll make it work just give me a belt it'll be fine no why do you have baggy pants? Like, it looks so bad. And I know that that's such a stupid thing to be annoyed about, but like, it looks so unprofessional. There's a lack especially of if it's consistency like, in the uniform. Yeah, especially if you're like a military uniform, it should be sharp and precise. And like, the little things he had clipped onto his like thighs on the side just were like sagging his pants even more. I hated it. I hated it it so much. It stuck out because of how different it was from everybody else. It didn't make sense. But not in a good way. In the (laughs) universe. Unless there is some sort of weird, it's probably knowing the Star Wars universe, there's an entire book dedicated to the reason why these pants were baggy. (laughs) Grand Inquisitor baggy pants. (laughs) Star Wars story. No, I'm not watching it. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just read a synopsis of of not watching it. 
I figured out the <laughs> best way to watch yeah. a show that I don't like. And I'm going to do this from now on because I, I want to finish things so we can talk about it like we're doing here. I did not watch the last episode of Obi-Wan. I gave up. I, I was done with it. And I was like, okay, I know we're going to talk about it on the podcast. So I'm going to have to go ahead and, and watch it anyway. I got about two minutes into it. and I said, I can't do this. I found out Tommy already watched it. And so I said, here's what's going to happen. I am just going to skim through the little preview like thumbnail and just go really fast throughout the whole thing. Take about a minute and a half to watch the entire episode on the preview thumbnail. And then I will watch it again and tell Tommy what I think that plot actually is. And on the second time of skimming through it, I told Tommy as I went through what was happening in the plot beats, how the characters were interacting, the big twists that were going to happen, the redemption arcs and all that stuff and apparently i got it fairly right which means i didn't need to watch the last episode literally beat for beat i was baffled i was like yeah you don't need to watch the last show you you got it right (laughs) yeah so i highly recommend it and i probably would recommend it to anybody else if you (laughs) are really bored of the show but you just want to finish it just skim through and make up your own story it's more entertaining saves a lot of time and a lot of emotional trauma what i did with season four of the man in the high castle when i watched it through again i fast forwarded through like half of that season and it was amazing (laughs) there's a whole new storyline introduced that i just was like this is detracting from everything else you already built up i just click 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 all right let me just skip that and it really really worked for me that's what I do whenever I watch Lord of the Rings. I just skim through all the Sam and Frodo parts because I don't go. care about them. Oh my god! Oh, Amy. Oh, that I will say on a positive promo. note, Mr. Frodo. Something I really so sweet. enjoyed that they got right with this was the continuity of actors from the prequels into this yep, series. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you always wind up with like, oh, we got the main three characters and then we just we're not going to talk about these other characters. We'll kill them off or just pretend they never existed because we can't get the actors. And then all the background actors are all going to be completely different. But here there were so many actors that they got back, even for minor roles or for like, here's 30 seconds on screen, like freaking Senator Palpatine. They got him on there. Senator, jeez, Emperor Palpatine. They got him on there. Like I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. No. Expecting that. He's definitely aged. <laughs> the Force has taken a toll on him. But it was really neat to see for such minor moments, like Liam Neeson. He was on there for ten seconds, and you know, having the original actors who played Owen and Aunt Beru in the prequels like just all those little things really built up a more believable environment for me they did a great job getting everyone back with that you you can also then really appreciate the acting job that somebody like alec guinness did when he had never seen the prequels or Mm obi-wan and how good he was in the role in in a new hope and (laughs) just really took it and ran with it (laughs) what a good actor yeah uh did you side note did you guys did anyone else read the article that i posted on discord yesterday oh no i got into that so it was really good it basically looked at obi-wan at first but then the entire franchise from a who is the target audience of this 
collection of content and why the various parts of the Star Wars universe have succeeded or failed based on who their target audience was and how Mm. they attempted to target it. And it takes like eight, 10 minutes to read it. Just I highly recommend you guys read it because it was a really interesting take about why so many things are missing the mark with Star Wars. And it's because they forgot they need to have a specific target audience and they're not doing it. Like one of the things they focused on was that the prequels target audience was not the people who grew up with Star Wars. It was a entire new generation. It was a kid's movie with episode one. The whole thing was trying to to make Star Wars for a whole new generation. And then all these movies that are coming out or not movies, but TV shows that are coming out now. It's that generation has now grown up. And they're making more serious stuff for them because they're a little more serious now. But still, the original Star Wars lovers aren't going to be into a lot of stuff so much because it still doesn't have that same feel and that same target. It's not made for them. And the reason why the sequels missed so much, one of the reasons, was that they didn't know who their target audience was. They were still trying to cater to the same old Star Wars fans instead of making something new for a new generation. I I completely agree. If you look at Obi-Wan, it feels like they are trying to cater for brand new people, for people Mm -hmm. who grew up with the prequels and for people who grew up with the original trilogy. Yeah, they're trying to to bridge the two together. And And it did not work. You wind up when you're trying to appease the masses, everyone's going to be disappointed. You have to figure out which side you want to make enjoy something and just go for it. By trying to bridge both audiences, it it just kind of fell apart. Yeah. I hate saying it, but it's like this to me felt less like uh, some large group of people trying to make a piece of art and more like, hey, we want more money. So here's a product. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate because there's so much potential within the Star Wars universe and it's always wasted. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I I will say this. I don't want to blame individual artists or anything like that because I I can't imagine how incredibly difficult it was to make that show. (laughs) It is beyond anything that I could ever do. And, you know, I don't want to put everything down, but I do think it's worth talking about. To say, what was the point of this? If you don't point out the flaws in something in a way where you're not attacking the people who create it, but you, you need to, sh- to show what could have been improved in order for it to actually be changed in the future. Otherwise, Disney will continue to put out this exact sort of thing. I personally was never going to watch Obi-Wan. I, I'm done with Star Wars. Everything I've seen with it, I'm just so sick of it. But Red Letter Media decided they were going to review the first four <laughs> Obi-Wan episodes. So I decided, all right, I'll watch it because I, I like Red Letter Media's reviews of it because they're so honest with how they feel more than I like watching Star Wars stuff. I was shocked by them because they actually were like, yeah, whatever. It wasn't bad. And I was expecting them to tear into it. But Yeah, um, I was too. Yeah. And, and that's what I love. I love the honest opinions that, that they have about you know what they do. But. Yeah, I guess not everything can be made for everybody, and I'm not sure who this was made for. And that's, I think, the conclusion of the article I sent. Disney didn't know who their target audience was with this. They were just making another thing. And so there was no target audience, therefore there was no real group of fans who enjoyed it. Which is a shame, because it had so much potential. It'd be interesting to listen to people who actually really enjoyed it and to see what, what was it about it 
that they enjoyed and why they enjoyed it. It would be. But unfortunately, none of us here did. Well, I, I don't think, Liam, you didn't like it either, did you? <sighs> no, it missed all the beats it was supposed to hit. <laughs> Liam, you liked, I believe, it was episode one and five? Yeah. Could you tell me why? Because I am interested. I'm not because like, why? But, you know. They had more enjoyable parts than the rest of the episodes. Episode one, you know, I was watching it and it was just chill. There's nothing like. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yo. Wait, where's that kid? (laughs) Episode one, it was just like, there wasn't much going on that was like super important. And it still had hope while watching the whole thing, as opposed to the rest of the episodes where stuff was actually starting to happen. And when episode five hit, I was so disappointed from the previous episodes that when something wasn't actual trash i was like okay this isn't so bad you know <laughs> it actually tried it tried to do something because it that whole episode in episode five where it was going back and forth with the the training fight with anakin and obi-wan and what was currently happening with darth vader and obi-wan and so i could see them actually trying to construct something which i didn't see the entire show and so I was actually like, okay, they have an idea. They're trying to do this. They're trying to like relate it and go back and forth how it's going on. Now they're still kind of brothers in a way and how they're still connected. It wasn't done very well, but at least they had an idea and a construct that they tried doing that was still semi-enjoyable. Hmm. Okay. There's still a lot of problems with that episode. Like the whole Vader just watched the second ship go away. What they could have done to fix that was the third sister attacking Vader, and so he was distracted and couldn't get the mm-hmm. sh- the second ship. But instead, the third sister was like, you know what, now's the time to randomly attack Vader, even though she knows for a fact there's no way he can beat him. There's no way she can beat him. Whatever. I, I, I think the third sister and that whole storyline was probably my least favorite part about it. I thought the actress was totally fine in it. And oh, yeah, I, I think great. it, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I would like to see her in more things, but the, the idea is that Obi-Wan and his main villain should have been Anakin. And it turned out like they were just trying to push the third sister as the main villain. And then Disney, of course, has a villain problem. They always have to have the villain be redeemed for some reason, as opposed to just sticking to being a villain. The only one that I can think of that it wasn't ever redeemed was Palpatine. But, mm-hmm. you know, you look at all the the characters that are supposed to be bad guys like Boba Fett and, you know, any villain. And they they always just go back to being okay, well, in the end, I'm going to become a light side user. I'm going to do the right thing. And even though I didn't watch the last episode of it and I skimmed through, I knew exactly what they were doing. Like, I knew that she was like, I can't kill a youngling or whatever actually happened. I've become him. Yeah. No, wait. Have I become him? Oh, is that what? Oh, my gosh. Was that the one? (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that, that. That to me wasn't an arc that was necessary in the entire show. If you wanted to get right from the beginning a show about Obi-Wan and Anakin, and then you can throw in some stuff like Leia, where all of a sudden Obi-Wan has to protect Leia because Anakin doesn't know she's uh, around, that's much more interesting to me if Mm -hmm. he's trying to constantly balance that, well, I need to try and convince Anakin to to change his ways, but at the same time hide his daughter from him. That sounds great. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah, that's like so morally gray that Star Wars, Mm -hmm. I don't think, would ever touch it. No. Well, no, it's also looking forward to having more content with the Inquisitors and third sister who was the main inquisitor character in this they made her character so 
so one dimensional. There was no depth to it. And then by the time they're finally like, surprise, there's depth to this character. It's episode five and it's too late. They've already ruined her character. Hmm. To be honest, there's so many different things I want them to do with this show. I, it, the fact that they did bring back um, Hayden Christensen, I wanted oh, was Darth great. Vader to be the main villain. What I wanted from the show, I wanted the show to make me cry. I wanted the show to make me feel emotional. And like, I wanted it to be a depressing and sad show of like how Obi-Wan is dealing with all the shit that has happened mm-hmm. after episode three. And I wanted them to have, you know, more flashbacks because, you know, they have Hayden. That would be the best way to. Yeah, it'd be a great way to utilize them. Yeah, of scenes we never saw in episode three or Clone Wars. And I wanted more stuff like that. There's so many different things I wanted. And I didn't expect to have all of them, but I expected to have at least one or two of them. But they never really hit any of the beats right. They just made a show that felt kind of soulless. And that's how Dizzy's been feeling to me recently. Just everything they've been Mm -hmm. making. It's just felt so soulless. Making it for the sake of making it. The one thing I really enjoyed from the show. It's actually probably one of my favorite scenes. It was a little jank. And Red Letter Media loved it too, I think. When it was the first interaction between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. And then Darth Vader lights that like stuff right on fire. And then smothers Obi-Wan in all of it. He's just like, yeah, feel what I felt. Like it was such like a petty moment. And I'm like, yeah, I like this. This is cool. I didn't like that. It felt so forced. No pun intended. It just didn't. It didn't work for me. Oh, to me, I was like, that is your big plan is to light some rocks on fire and burn Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. No, I know how it sounds, but I'm saying the idea of it. The idea of it was great idea. And it just the execution of it didn't work at all. That scene. The majority of the show. Yeah, that scene I have a big problem with because when Obi-Wan ducks behind Sam and like escapes Vader, the way that they change the camera angle, you are not ex- you're like expecting him to pop back out on the left and he pops out on the right and then everything looks the same in the background and you're going, "Wait, did he just pop out of the same spot that he ducked into?" And it was a really weird way that they decided to film it. So that it's at a totally different view and you're just going, wait, why is Obi-Wan jumping right out from sand again? And then you go, wait, Obi-Wan jumped behind a small pile of sand and Darth Vader was like, I can't find him. You know, my biggest problem with that scene was like Darth Vader was like completely force controlling Obi-Wan the whole time because Obi-Wan's really weak. He hasn't been a Jedi for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, it was like, what? It was the robot that shot that shot like Darth Vader or whatever. And then Obi-Wan is still behind the fire and Darth Vader is just staring at him, acting like he can't do anything. I can't get to you. You're on the other side of the fire. When he was literally just controlling him (laughs) behind the fire. Darth Darth Vader Vader had charged levels throughout this entire series. This is what I'm saying. There's there's so many good ingredients. Battlefront. This man's yeah, sta- this stamina bar just kept on going down super fast. Yeah. Had to recharge. Yep. I will say, Star Wars in general, I think recently the games have just been getting it right. Like all the Star Wars games I've played are a lot of fun, and specifically Jedi Fallen Order. They did the Inquisitors right. That's and where the Inquisitors they were- came from. Would, no, it came no, from Rebels. I think, yeah, Rebels. I think it came from Rebels. Yeah, there's a Did lot of Rebels come out Rebels. after Fallen Order. I could have sworn that that Fallen Order Rebels came wrote, out and wrote the Inquisitors. Like Fourteen. No, Fall. When All Fallen right, Order come out? Because Rebels came out in like 2014, I think. 
the yeah, first season. Hours after. First season only had the Grand My favorite part about the whole show is when I didn't have to watch it anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you guys listening to whatever this episode was. Did you like our quiz? Did you take it yourself? What were the answers that you got? Also, did you watch Obi-Wan? What were your thoughts and feelings on it? Let us know. We are on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. We are 1L2N Productions, or you can visit us on our website, which is 1L2NProductions.com. And if you like what we're doing here and you want to help show your support, you can head on over to our Patreon. And the last word of the day goes to, because of the quiz... Good job, Amy. Liam, take it away. Don't follow religion. Make religion follow you.